Trainer. Yo, yo, this is Justin, Justin Bieber. Hey, it's Ariana Grande. Just the interviews. A Zach Sang Show exclusive podcast. By the way, Morgan Freed, one of uh, the three founders of Emo Night. Say hello to Babs. Say hello to TJ. Say hello to Dan Zolot. Hello, everyone. Hi, Dan. Hello, hello Dan. Hey, guys. Girls. And uh, hello to you, beautiful human. <laughs> Emo Night is here. Woo! Is that the right way to introduce you, three? Sure, sure. Yeah. Is that weird to be, like, th- that is a group, right? It is... You are Emo Knight. It's yeah. just one thing. You're, you're a tombstone. Yeah, Emo Knight is here. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think yeah, that's the way to do it. I mean, you're deeper than that. You're more versatile. You have a lot going on. But on the Coachella poster, mm-hmm. it says Emo Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what a f- weird like thing. Like what? <laughs> Outside of it being a tour, what is the three of you as a collective? It's a weird thing. I don't. We don't really know what it is because um, we don't make music. Yeah, we don't really know how to DJ. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't play any instruments. Um, we just kind of like create experiences for people, and that's pretty much it. I don't. I don't really know what how to define it to people. Um, yeah. How wh- how do your parents see what you do? My parent, my mom, they don't know what the the they don't know what this is. They just <laughs> they're like, oh, Morgan and his friends are like on on stage doing stuff and there's a bunch of people and they they like that they like the fact that we have like a community and we get to travel and like do things that we like to do they they don't i don't know if they're really trying to understand it as much as there are like this is my son doing something that he likes and is cool and, and we're proud of but him. like something that is hella successful that has clearly reached new heights yeah i mean this is bigger than you've ever thought it started as one a one-night-only thing that's now gone on to be a nationwide tour, five years plus, f***ing Coachella. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we Zach brought... sang, DJ'd it. <laughs> yeah. so. The pinnacle. The like, highlight of my year. It's all f***ing downhill from here, dude. <laughs> for yeah, <real>. for me. <laughs> for you. Yeah, for us. That was it. Stop. We're done. No, no, no. no. I, I mean, by the way. Did you have fun? <laughs> I didn't know what to expect, and if like I was very nervous, and to a point where like I didn't even know if I wanted to really do it because I wanted to do it justice. And you've had so many incredible human beings get up on that stage and play the songs that helped define them as people, and to see the video that has emerged from Emo Night, literally for the five years leading up to my moment. I mean, you probably started really documenting it, like not from day one, right? Probably like four and a half years in. Not not from day one. Well. I think probably from like month three. Yeah. yeah we when did, we first moved to the Echoplex, we started at the shortstop, which yeah. is this little bar in Echo Park, brought an iPad, plugged it into the aux cable, and picked songs off of Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just kind of did that again the next month, and more people showed up, and we were like, it's kind of too many people for this space. So we moved down the street to the Echoplex, and that's when we were like, something's happening. So we started filming it. But see, like, I remember seeing those videos and hearing about this thing going on. Because we've been in L.A. now for the last five years, mm-hmm. and I, I just remember seeing all of these videos and these pictures emerging on Twitter. So you've had incredible human beings. So the idea that I would even be asked to be a part of that on such a huge anniversary for you guys was a big deal. And I don't want to f*** that up. So there was a lot of pressure going on in my head of, like, can I even handle this? Because the truth is you've had amazing people. You've had pioneers in the actual genre to, like, some of the most famous fans of the genre. Sure. Yeah, I mean, but I was I think, just going to say, um, like, for me, you coming to DJ was way more exciting than anyone else that night. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? I'm, Travis Barker so performed. She was, she's dead. I literally, she's serious. I can't explain to you guys how much I love this show. <laughs> I it's, it's all I watch. Like, I go home when, like, the new episodes come out, and I'm like, no plans tonight. I'm going to go watch it. <laughs> I, I, I was freaking out all day. I'm like, I'm going to meet Zach <laughs> means a lot, and I'm starting to sweat, and I need to... By the way, I'm wearing a shirt of my favorite venue in all of the country. Hell yeah. Stone Pony in Asbury New Jersey. Park. And you guys have a stop. Asbury Park, I believe, ends your tour. No, uh, like some exotic place ends your tour. Cancun or... We're in the oh, Bahamas. Uh, Bahamas next, ends your tour. Well, we're taking a cruise ship with Coheed oh, and Cambria yes. oh, from sick. Miami to the Bahamas, yeah. and we're throwing the parties every night on the ship. So, yeah. You ever been on a cruise ship? I've never been on a cruise now. Have you ever so been fun. on a cruise ship? Yeah, it's amazing. We yeah. did the Warp Tour cruise a couple of years ago, and we threw the parties every night on that 
uh, cruise, and it was amazing. It was like the best four days of our lives. I haven't had fun since. We <laughs> haven't had a day of fun since we got off that fucking boat. Yeah. Everything has been bad since then. Mm-hmm. What does Warp Tour mean to you guys individually? I mean, to me, it means a lot. I grew up uh, going to Warp Tour. You know, I went every summer when I was a teenager. And so the fact that now Kevin Lyman is a mentor to us and is, re- is really invested in what we do and always gives us advice is completely surreal to me, you know, because that defined who I am now. What, and what do you think he sees in Emo Night? I think he sees, um, like, what he built is a community, also, you know, so at the end of the day, it can be, you know, he did shows, he did this cruise, he's done so much work for nonprofits. But at the end of the day, he's built a community that changed so many people's lives. And that's exactly what we've done. And even though it's it's very different, um, a lot of things align in how we see the music industry and how we see, um, you know, the meaning of people within the music industry. Totally. So... You know, I think, I don't know, it's it's crazy because when he announced that Warp Tour was ending, uh, he was like, he tweeted something like, Emo Night's going to take over. And we were like, what the f*** are we? <laughs> yeah, and then we were, everybody we was like, oh, there's to... some grand plan for Emo Night to kind of like take over that space. And we're just like, no, we're, we're not going to te- do like a whole summer tour. We just texted each other and we're like, hey, did one of you guys say that we were going to do this? We don't, <laughs> yeah. I can remember saying that. <laughs> do you? feel like today there is a void in our universe for something like Warped Tour? It's hard to say. I mean, you know, last summer we saw a couple of summer tours pop up and try and fill the spot. And for a minute we were thinking about trying to do that ourselves, you know, just because Kevin, like, kind of put that out in the universe. (laughs) And we were like, I guess we're supposed to do that. Like, I guess that's, like, our cross to bear, like, our torch to carry. Um, But then, you know, we actually had some more conversations with him and his team and they were like you know what actually you guys do something really cool and unique right now and you should you know own that like own rock music in a nightclub setting and what you have is super unique don't try to be warp tour like keep doing what you're doing because there's a, it's different in what you're doing and in the type of business you're running between like throwing a concert tour and throwing a party tour right like two different Two different businesses to dabble. Yeah, it's so different because we've done two festivals, um, the called Emo Night Day, as well, and that, that <laughs> yeah, which is like genius. really. Like, so I, I like, remember I'll, when somebody invited me to that. They're they like, "Do you want to go to Emo Night Day?" And I'm like, "What?" I'll be the first one to admit that, that is we are that we are geniuses. That is so smart. Revolutionaries. Dude, we were gonna have an after party called Emo Night Day Night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, we just decided that we didn't. You know. We have to draw the lines. <laughs> and then we could have one in the day, you and I, day and I day, you know? Day and I day. Like, like yeah, mm-hmm. afters, you know? Yeah. So. But. The future is bright. Dude. Yeah. I just wanted you and I, like, breakfast and all that. But. I mean, is there, and I want to, like, get into, like, where you see the brand going, but back to the difference between concerts and parties. You right now do a, a unique hybrid that I feel like nobody else has really tapped into. Because on the night where you thought I was the highlight, which... I'm still so shocked by that. <laughs> I want to know what you're smoking, because past me real. Um, I wish I could smoke. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, Travis Barker did a set. I'm pretty sure, like, Goody performed. Like, it was wild. Mm-hmm. It was it was like a full-fledged concert D- Did you DJ go upstairs set. when Hawthorne Heights and Travi McCoy did yeah. their song together? Because that was wild. Epic. That was epic. Yeah, I think but once still, we... you were the highlight. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> it was really just Zach Sang featuring Emo Night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that well, that's what we've been trying to do since we started it. Since, like, once we you know, figured out, we're like, oh shit, we can play songs that we like and also make an experience, you know, we we didn't know exactly what Emo Night was going to look like. And once we figured out that we can curate like every second of it, we can we can have live bands and DJs and activation and all of these cool things. In the, like we can do all this stuff because it was like something that hadn't been done before. So it was like there were really no rules and which is hard because, you know, we, we had to try a bunch of and fail a bunch of times to like get it right. And now... Everywhere you look, everything that you do at Emonite 
in the line to Imanai after Imanai should be like curated, you know, the totally. way. So it's it's was different. It's just been a I different think way. At the core of what we do and like why we started doing it was to throw a party that we would want to go to and like an event that we wanted to be at. And so many of the events that I went to, what the first few years when I lived in LA, it was so much about like being the cool guy and like you know having like vip access or you know knowing a certain person to like get backstage or some shit like that and you know you get there and it's really not that fun no, like terrible. you stand there with your arms crossed and you're like socially awkward and looking around for like who to talk to and who's important in the room and like we wanted to do the exact opposite of that you know we wanted to play the music that we liked we wanted to have no place that you felt like you couldn't go. Like anybody can come up on stage at Emo Night. You, you can be right there <laughs> with Zach saying, <laughs> you know, screaming along to Coheed and Cambria. Um, and, and, and that's like, I think what we've tried to keep throughout the past five years and moving forward is just making an event and an experience that we would want to go to ourselves. Zach Sang Show. Yo, hold on real quick. If you're like me and you got stuff, lots of stuff, stuff you no longer use, or maybe you never use, stuff that doesn't spark joy in your life, now's that time to get rid of it. Get it out of your house and make some money on it. Use Macari to sell it. I'm trying to sell my Xbox on it. It's 2020, so I'm trying to get rid of the things I don't use and uh, put some money. In my pocket. Use Macari. It really is the best-selling app out there. I'm telling you. You can do anything. Sell anything. Well, almost anything. Fast and easy. You take a few pics. You write a description. You post it. And boom. Your item's connected to millions of people out there who are looking to buy. Macari is even going to email you a shipping label when your product sells. So it makes everything super freaking easy. No awkward meetups with strangers, too, which is why I love it. The app currently has over 500,000 reviews. The average rating is 4.8 stars. So why not give it a try? Ring the new year with less stuff in your home and more money in your pocket with Macari. That is M-E-R-C-A-R-I, the selling app. Zach Sancho. And by the way, I felt that. From the second I got out of the car in front of the Echoplex to the second I left... It was an experience that I wish could happen way more often. And the truth is, I haven't gone out since then. And <laughs> the other truth is, I probably didn't go out for like six weeks leading up to it. And one of the reasons why I was a little nervous was because like one, five year anniversary, but two, like I didn't know when you think of an L.A. party, you think of exactly what you said. Yeah. Hoity toity elitist hiding yeah. behind bouncers with you know special either laminates or fucking codes to get in and it's like i i was nervous <laughs> but you were the opposite of that and it was the most beautiful accepting loving and fun place to be it was the best way to spend a friday night and i would love to spend any night of the week with that group of people every, at any time you know we did it on tuesdays for the first like four and a half years <laughs> and how does that like do you get backlash when you move from a Tuesday to another day of the week? Because there's yeah, get there's used always going to gonna yeah. be backlash when you make changes. Um, I don't know. It, you see it across the board. Like, no matter what we do, there's going to be critics. Well, because they all feel like family and they can probably feel comfortable to speak up the same way they feel comfortable to do whatever the they want to do in the <laughs> in the, the venue. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I, and I was, also, like, people who love Emo Night go every month. And so they take work off six months in advance. So like when it was on Tuesday, they would take Wednesday off. And then we switched it and they were like, F like I have the <laughs> yeah, rest like through, of the year's Wednesdays off. Their whole off yeah. you know? Or like we even have, you know, we have Captain Cuts DJ every, um, like the last hour every show. And they were like, you guys, we like blacked out our studio schedule every Wednesday for the next year. Now it's on Fridays. And they were legitimately like mad. <laughs> So, yeah, everything, I mean, everything somehow affects people, but I don't know. We try to do what's best for ever, for the most people. And to be that important in somebody's life where somebody's even down to take off work the next day to come and experience what you're offering fully. Yeah, it's wild. It's pretty cool. It's a big deal because there's more people like you, obviously. is that What's been the biggest, like, realization for you guys throughout this entire thing? I, I mean, I just didn't, I didn't realize how deeply it affected everybody. Like, I just didn't know. I thought that, you know, it was me and my certain group of friends growing up, you know, because they were the same people that I'd see at all the shows. And I didn't realize, like, how how influential it was to so many people. Like, seeing it, you know, people lined up all across the country and 
everywhere we go, it's like it, it's like looking at like me and my group of friends like growing up. So I just I just didn't realize it because it was hard to see. And now that we've got like the internet, we can talk to people much more and figure out like where people want this and what you know. It's it's totally a different lifestyle. It's like a different world. For some reason, I think I always became really good friends with somebody like as soon as we bonded over this kind of music. Like as soon as you found out somebody else liked Taking Back Sunday, you were like, "All right, we're best friends now." You're you know? a good person. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I think I think that a lot of other people had that same experience, and um, the the community that that exists in this specific genre of music. And I don't know what it was. You know, maybe it was Warp Tour, maybe it was MySpace, maybe Bamboozle. it was just like, maybe it was Bamboozle. R.I.P. It was just, there was something about this that like tied everybody together. It was, we felt a, a common bond and it's still there even now when we're all like 30 years old. <laughs> Do you feel like the audience base is being fed properly? Like is pop punk music alive today the way it should be? We just came from doing something with Zoomies in Colorado. And um, I guess the last couple of years they've had like rap, a lot of rap at these things, at these things. And the last year they had Turnstile and they said it was so awesome that they brought state champs and us this year. And it was so wild to see like young kids going crazy for rock and roll in a big, big way. So it was us and then the baby. Yeah, the baby. That's not <laughs> the baby. That's my baby. <laughs> Your own baby took the stage, or uh, yeah. yeah, my child, the baby. <laughs> I I did want to tell him that I I was his dad. Like I wanted to be like it's me. <laughs> I'm the father. I think he'd believe you. Yeah, he would. He looked you dead in the eye and go, I've been looking for you for a I long know. time. We came to meet up together in Keystone, Colorado for this one magical moment. So is State Champs doing a proper job in feeding the audience? Because, I mean, I guess like State Champs, The Main, like there's a few bands today that come to the top of mind that are still making music, I guess, that one would consider pop punk, one would consider emo, but it's not, it's not like it was. Well, dude, I think, you know, Machine Gun Kelly's now making a pop punk album. Yeah. Like, he's literally like, no rap this year, I'm putting out a pop punk album. And I think that, you know, with Tra- like with Travis, and I think that that really speaks to where we're at now. I think that if he's like, you know, this is important in this moment to do it, like, I think that speaks volumes for, like, what's happening. To make, to, like, make your next record a pop, like, specifically pop punk record. You know? What does that tell us? Does it tell us that, like, people obviously are craving it and need it? Or because it's not – I just want to get it to a point where it's on the radio again. Yeah. That's where I'm at, right? Like, how do you make it mainstream? Like, even boys like girls. Like, dude, there's a point where they were just We the Kings. There's so many groups that were able to cross so many different boundaries from video games to top 40 radio. I mean, like, it was everywhere we looked. Dude, I think it it, it had its time in the sun, but not for a really long time, right? right? Like, not for, like, years and years and years where we see, like, straight rock just top charts or straight rap just yeah. top charts. Like, there was, like, what, like, 2004, 2006, maybe, where it was, like, we heard this on the radio. And it never really had its, like, time. It was like people that knew they were like, "This is awesome." We're hearing Jimmy Eat World on the right, and but now it's having more of its time than ever. Yeah, but it's also now infused into so many different genres. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the Chainsmokers. If you took the music away and you read the lyrics, you sat down and just read the lyrics. Totally. The most emo lyrics <laughs> ever. They also have a song with Blink that's on their new album. You know, it's like, um, it it's just. Uh, so much a part of like a, a bunch of different genres so yeah it's it doesn't look exactly like it did in 2005 but i think it's still very much in the music space a hundred percent yeah as a huge source of inspiration totally yeah and i hear that in every chain most chain smoker records that i listen to if you were to take away the production and play that like on an acoustic guitar yeah it's an emo record yeah but that's why I get excited about, um, like, non-pop punk and emo artists coming to DJ Emo Night. You know, like, when actors show up or, like, Demi Lovato, who's a pop star, comes and, you know, DJs. It's so cool because 
I think we've come to see how many different people have been influenced by this music that aren't obvious. You don't think of them off the top of your head when you're like, oh, emo, pop punk, you know? I wonder if the chain smokers would embrace their pop punk roots. I mean, they've DJed emo night. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, they love it. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know they were also on the list of people who have DJed. Yeah, twice. Anybody on that list shock you? Like, why? <laughs> the Chainsmokers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did that go down? One time they just showed up um, one night and, uh, like, went up with Captain Cuts in the last hour and DJed with them. And then we did Emo Night Day, which was our festival, and they came out and did a full set, and it was amazing. Wow. It was, like, them, Captain Cuts, and Demi Lovato doing a set together, and I was just like, what is this? This is insane. That's kind of wild. Yeah. What are you thinking over there? I just wonder how, like, you three came together originally. Like, were you guys just, like, who thought of the idea to do this at that bar the first time? Well, Babs and I, um, we kind of first, we knew of each other we in passing, um, and then we went to a mutual friend's birthday party, and we did dashboard confessional karaoke, <laughs> and we had, like, the best time and became friends. Hands and Down is a great karaoke song. Yeah, that's what, that's we, what did. we did. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, and it was like what TJ said before, where you kind of meet someone who likes that one song, and you're like, okay, we're friends now. It's cool. <laughs> um, and then a couple weeks later, we were like, we should do that again. We should just like go, go to a bar and see if we can pick the music. And Morgan worked in the same office building as, as us. At this point, Babs and I had started working together, and um, Morgan worked in the same office and he knew somebody at a bar in Echo Park and they were like, yeah, you can't have a Thursday night. You can't have a Friday night, but you could have a Tuesday. I don't know if anybody will come, but you could just pick Yeah, they thought Thursday was like their big night, so they're like, nobody will come to this. You can have a Tuesday. <laughs> and? And we just kept doing it. <laughs> How do you get the word out originally? Facebook? It yeah. was, yeah, it was yeah. Facebook events at the beginning, you know, just like personal Facebook invites at least for the first event. And then the second month we were like, okay, I guess we should maybe, you know, have a page where we can like put up photos from the parties and kind of like send the invites, not from our personal accounts. So we made a, a Facebook page. And it was originally called uh, Taking Back Tuesday. Oh, <laughs> that's good too. Yeah. Well, that we wanted a- to call it Taking Back Thursday, but it sounds couldn't better. have the day, you know. So. <laughs> and then had- who comes up with Emo Night? It was always just kind of like slang called Emo Night. Okay. Um, I think it was just like taking back Tuesday, like colon emo night, you know? And then, uh, yeah, we were just like, whatever. Everybody's just calling it emo night. Let's just go with that and change the spelling. And we did that after like a couple of years, like a couple of years, like two years. I think we just started calling it emo night. What happens within your universe that like opens your eyes to the opportunity and the potential of like taking this as a national tour? Because that's like a big undertaking. Like, you don't just do that easily. Yeah, I mean, I think a year into it, we just saw people commenting, like, come to San Francisco, come to Seattle. It was, like, um, quicker than that, I feel like. Come yeah, to Brazil. Maybe, come to Brazil. <laughs> we no. didn't, you know, we didn't into it. anticipate it being, like, as it is now. Like, we have, like, I think we have, like, 35 or 40 cities. We have, like, people in different regions all over the country who run the events for us at this point. They do a great job, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're there's great. a lot of really good, yeah. talented kids running. It took two years of us to, like... But we were traveling every 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 week for the first two or three years, like flying to a different city, throwing a party on a Tuesday night, and flying home. And we it was like us three sort of building these little mini fight clubs around the country, and it was really tiring. You know, we were in the Denver airport yesterday. Morgan was like, "Oh yeah, I slept up there once <laughs> um, when when I got stuck here after doing emo night in Denver in a snowstorm. I had to sleep up there. Nothing to f- your back up like the Denver airport." <laughs> But it was cool because we were like, you know what? That was tough. We powered through it and it was worth it. Because like our totally. Denver event, we do it four times a year and it's super successful. And that community is really strong and people have gotten engaged there. And <laughs> yeah, my, my sister met her now husband at Emo Night. What? Emo Night Colorado or Emo Night Echoplex? In LA, yeah. Wow. Or in Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Brings people together. Yeah. But it goes back to like music really is a community thing. Mm-hmm. Music is a connection point. It's yeah. like a universal language. Like it, it breaks down any sort of barriers and it brings people together. How does the system work now? Like how many regional teams do you guys have from coast to coast? Like 10. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. It's nuts. Yeah, but we, I mean, we went to those places for the first like 
two, you know, we were gone. You built like, it. Like mm -hmm. most of like the first two years. It was, you know, we had no idea what, how to do it. Like we had, were like, where do we get helium in this city? Like we had to like do all of this stuff beforehand. And yeah. like we, we literally like were the artists, were the promoters, were the DJs, were the like production, you know what I mean? Like we're we were just everything. And, and at the same time, we were and are still running an entirely other company as well. I don't, I don't want to go into how, how do you balance both, right? But like giving up everything with $300 in your bank account, not making any money in Seattle, it's kind of wild to see that turn into so much more and you guys be able to keep going because there had to be moments where you just didn't want to keep going. Yeah, all the Definitely. time. <laughs> all the time. What kept you going, though? Because a lot of people would be like, yo, my gut's saying stop, so I'm going to stop. See, I mean, my gut never said stop. It, what? No, nothing. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was just like, it never said stop. It was just like, this is way, 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 way harder than I ever could have imagined. Or like way more stressful than I could have ever imagined. Because, you know, it's exhausting. You're rarely here. It's hard to have like connection with people because you know you're constantly thinking about like work and what to do next and like what do we do to keep making this cooler and more fun for everybody and it's you know never you never have a break from it so i don't know it's it's a, it's rough I, there's definitely been times i think where we're feeling super burnt out or like kind of doubting it and then we'll have one of these events where it's just like so indescribably magical that kind of boosts you over the next couple of weeks mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know like some there was one event that we did in san diego like pretty early on where the um rca cable came unplugged from the mixer and jordan from newfound glory was up there and like the sound just completely stopped and then everybody just started singing a newfound glory song <laughs> and jordan was like leading the chant you know and that to me was like one of those moments where I was like, okay, this is like a, this is something special. You know, we have to keep doing this. And it's bigger yeah. than you, no offense. Yeah, it's, it's it's like hearing these stories from people who go to Emo Night that keep me going. You know, the, I think maybe last week this girl wrote in a Facebook event that she was going to kill herself. But then her friend asked her to go to Emo Night and someone pulled her up on stage and it literally made her so happy and feel part of a community it was that me. she didn't. I pulled her up on stage. It was an Some Omaha. guy did it. <laughs> so no. But yeah, I mean, it's stories like that, you know, that. Totally. Yeah. Like, holy shit, we're doing something that's changing people's lives. How cool is that? How many people have the ability to do that? Very, very so, few. Yeah, yeah. When we so first that, started, there was, a, there was a girl that like held up a sign that said like, Emo Night saved my life, you know? And we found out the backstory and same thing. She was going to kill herself and then she decided to come to Emo Night. So it's things like that that I think we really, you know, you take a, get a better perspective on since being in the midst of it. And then you take a step back and like look at things like that. And you're like, oh, sh maybe we're doing the right thing or maybe we're, we're, changing something for a positive so i think that's what keeps like probably us three going or else we would have been asleep <laughs> makes it worth it yeah what are you thinking i'm just googling over here tj you getting married i am yeah, yeah nice. we're going to we're actually going on my bachelor trip this weekend these what? guys are my groomsmen i'm gonna wear a tux <laughs> really you're yeah. gonna rock it i'm really excited black tux yeah where are you going for the bachelor yeah, party? Actually, the Black Tux they sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> the Black Tux. <laughs> 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 have a great logo across <laughs> the chest of it. Yeah, I love the Black Tux. Tux. Com. <laughs> my favorite. They did not pay for this. <laughs> it's my favorite. Tux. Com. We'll invoice you. <laughs> where are you going for your bachelor party? Um, we're going to Park City, Utah. Oh, dope. Yeah, that's where I grew up, and none of my friends have ever been there. These guys don't have snow pants or gloves. <laughs> or I got nothing. <laughs> I have so nothing. What this are you going to do? Well, I was supposed to go shopping on the way over here, but the meeting I had before this lasted way longer than I thought. So I have two options. Either I shop after this or I shop there, you know, or I freeze to death. I don't don't go with the latter. It's way more fun when you have the right gear, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a thousand times more fun. Yeah, because then you can survive. Yeah. <laughs> you can lose yeah. limbs if yeah. you don't have the right gear. Yeah, the dude. The when we went on tour the la like last year with three hundred three where we were like actually out for an entire month, it, like I had never felt cold, like I felt in like 
Nebraska in in like November, December. December. Or November. Like yeah. that that cold is trying to kill you. Straight wind, dude. Like and that like, cold is trying to kill you. Yeah. All flat planes, wind hits you right in the face. Nothing stopping it. No. It's bitter. Yeah. So mm. I mean, this cold because we just came back from Colorado and it's like it is cold, but it's not like we're gonna you're dead cold. Yeah. But like maybe Park City, Utah, you can lose a limb. Lose Hope, a toe. Hopefully. It's real, man. Hopefully. <laughs> you want a story? Yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to get rid of one of these for f***ing ages, dude. dude. Okay. Please lose, Don't say that. Please Not lose. Totally. Yeah, yeah. But also lose a toe in a better way than just having Frost poor socks. Bite, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get it cut off by something. Yeah, right? A dog ate it. Yeah. My Ew. dog ate it. A bird. Totally. A bird. That's <laughs> dope. That is When's the dope. last time a bird's ever ate, come down and ate an appendage from someone? I don't know. You have, I've never seen a seagull without a piece of pizza in its mouth. Is Your it toe's the same thing. <laughs> That's where you're at. You ever go down to the boardwalk and they're all just somehow, they're just like, how'd you get that whole slice? <laughs> like, <laughs> They've stolen it from innocent people on the beach. I know that they have and they're, they're thieves. I've been the victim of a seagull on many occasions. Have you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And pooped on. Lock them up. That's... What do you mean the victim of? Like, what happened? Oh, you know, I don't eat on the beach anymore. There's two things that happened to me. Oh my God. One, a seagull <laughs> stole my food and then <laughs> on me. And then two, there was another time with a sandwich. I got sand in my sandwich. Nobody told me that I got sand in my sandwich. Mm. Ate the sandwich. Ate the sand. Devastating. Oh it's the first God. time that it's actually ever been literal. Yeah, You know, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> but you're right. I had a sandy sandwich. Yeah. And it sucked. Yeah. So no more. Well, to be honest, like, I haven't gone to the beach since, Since that then? day, yeah. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. Well, it scarred you that much? Oh, my God, yeah. And then I, w- I remember the last day I went to the beach, I actually took my shirt off at the beach, which is, I can't remember the last time I, like, this is the last time I took a shirt off at the beach, or at all. I, sh- I shower every morning with a shirt on. Um, <laughs> but it, it, this was, like, probably eight years ago, and I remember some girl in the ocean, and I felt so uncomfortable being in the ocean with my shirt off, and I never get recognized, ever. And some girl goes in the ocean <laughs> over the waves are you Zach Zag? and I'm like just take me now I can't get out I, I was down to drown dude if there was any time anybody would recognize you it would be at the time where you feel the most vulnerable <laughs> like I, that's just the way the world works and I wish I was making it up but my friend Lauren Meaty was there with me and from she used to push me to like take my shirt off, go out to the beach, and from that moment she never invited me back because <laughs> she knew I couldn't handle it. Between the seagull, the sandwich, and the f-ing girl, yeah, you had the trifecta of bad beach experience. Yeah, man, and I I'd find beach experiences up until that moment, but and now you're never going back. No, don't have an emo night at the beach. Have no emo day beach day, dude. Don't do that. Don't shit. worry about it. Yeah, I don't want to be outside. Never gonna happen. <laughs> It's nice, only. nice in here. It feels good. Yeah. Control any everything in here. I I love controlling the variables. Yeah. I mean, that's why inside is great. Oh, yeah. That's why outside, <laughs> bad. The weather really f***s with things. Bad. Um, wh- are you okay? I'm great. <laughs> you look stressed in your black jacket. I got to say a f-ing word. Is there a uh, artist that you guys... I like that you always wear like a hoodie or a jacket oh, or... I hide or here in the like corner by myself. Yeah. Mind my own business. I love Pop it. Pop in at the end. Yeah. Is there an artist that you guys would like love to see come to an emo night we've had some of our heroes you know we're we're pretty fortunate like for me uh, and babs too like the one year anniversary of you and i the first year that we did it we got chris caraba to come (laughs) (laughs) um i just wrote like a super heartfelt email i was super upfront and authentic just about what he meant to us and to the event and like what his music means to the genre and to our community and it resonated and he he showed up and played like five six acoustic songs it was incredible and the truth is like once an artist gets there and they understand the crowd that is actually there if they haven't heard of it or experienced it before they're gonna feel love like they've never really felt before yeah because it's a collection of music fans of that genre who are deeply appreciative for the time that they're taking to perform and that room is filled with love and acceptance well, dude, the, I had a meeting this morning with a dude that had known about Emo Night for a long time but had never been to it. And then he came to the one in New York. And the first thing that he said when he sat down with me this morning was like, I, I get it now. He was like, I, I get it. I just heard, I've heard so much about it. I've seen it. Like, we gave him a jacket like a while back. And he was like, dude, it comments on it all the time. And I'd never been. And he was like, I get it. And it's like going to it is so much different than seeing like pictures of it yeah. or watching videos of it. It is 
truly something that you can feel. Like you can go in and be like, you know, I feel at home. The energy is tangible. So I mean, I would love it if Haley Williams showed up. Oh, oh that'd be that's cool. like my well, my one I can think of. She has new music coming. I'm really excited. Are you going to interview her? Please interview her. Let's manifest it together. Ma- it's going to happen. It's going to happen. 2020. Haley Williams is going to be sitting right there yep. where you are, TJ. Absolutely. I who's, hope so. I feel doing? like you can make that happen. I, you know what? I think I could. Maybe. You 100%. Know, I met her once at a bamboozle. 2012. On my birthday. Whoa. Mike Ooh. Posner performed that year. And Kesha. Well, not 2012. Actually, it was 2009. Holy Wow. Yeah, I met her at a bamboozle once. Damn. I just said, I love you. Yeah. And she performed with Paramore that night. And that she's, was it. She's the best. She's special. Yeah, she is really special. Okay, who's, so, who's drawing all the pictures of Halsey out there? Halsey? She's pretty good at drawing herself. Yeah, she is. <laughs> like, she's pretty good at like drawing herself as like how she is at that moment. There's one with her like short hair, and then there's... Did you see that? No, where? Uh, it's, like, it's like directly opposite of the swallow side. Oh, okay, I'll check it out after this. I'll show you. She's very good at it. I love Halsey also. Okay. I wish I could be as good at anything as Halsey is. Has Halsey herself. done it? She's yes. come yeah, out. She's, she's yeah, she's been there. Yeah. yeah. She more so likes to come and like hang out. She DJed with Machine Gun Kelly and at Webster Hall. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She, But she more so likes to just chill. Like Tana Moja? I don't want to compare the well, two. I don't I mean, know because Tana was on one. <laughs> you know, she owned it. <laughs> she did. Night. She was living. She was living her best life. Looking amazing. Yeah. I saw a lot of people hoping My Chemical Romance would come that night. Too. Yeah, I mean that's our greatest <laughs> curse. It's in life. it's really funny. It's like kind. Of, I think it's kind of on par with like Daft Punk rumors at Coachella. Like you they're know? always going to show up, but they never yeah, do. Everybody always <laughs> says it. <laughs> Maybe someday. I don't know. What what role do you think Emo Night played in their resurgence? Do you think there is a role? I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say. Do you think they should have done their reunion at Warp Tour? I don't know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Warp Tour doesn't, it's not like existing anymore. So I think that like the last two they did, where was Atlantic City and then what was the other one? Mountain View. Mountain, Mountain View. View. Yeah. So they put on like two final ones. So I think... Like, I don't know if it would, I mean, maybe. I mean, even there, everyone thought they would perform. Yeah, like, that was the, the big thing. The whole time I was there, everyone's just like, Mike, Mike, I'm like, what stage? It's like, you guys are insane. Like, it's not happening. Well, because, like, rumors up until, like, that, like, literally after the Warp Tour. Yeah. I'm just happy saying. that they reunited so that, it, that everyone stops speculating now, you know? Yeah. But that was a wild moment, watching those uh, curtains fall. Oh, it was mm-hmm. incredible. That mm-hmm. was really, really cool. Were you there? Oh, yeah. Nice. It was awesome. Right? Like, yeah. when they just played... That, Where were and, you standing when? Uh, pretty far back because I got there late. Okay, but uh, straight on in the back. Yeah, yeah we were probably we were standing right, right next to you. Yeah. yeah, we didn't know each other then, but probably. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, probably man, standing was... in front of me, and I was like, "This fucking guy." <laughs> dude, I'm not very tall, so probably standing head to head. Still, dude, me, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> can't do anything. Life is a nightmare. I, I that's a song lyric. Oh. <laughs> I invited him to come with me to emo night. Did not come. What? What's up What's wrong with that? With you? Um, well, the problem is I don't leave my house after 8 p.m. Okay. And Fair. emo night starts later than that. Say no more. I get Only it. half an hour later than that. <laughs> don't enable say, this. Say no more. So you were talking about emo night breakfast. I'll be there. <laughs> Count me in. Me and you are on the same path, brother. <laughs> yeah. Back uh, to My Chemical Romance. Can we talk about like what? No, back to why Dan doesn't leave his house. Because <laughs> oh, I like to also, get. Also, Dan looks like you know when you have to do a green screen for somebody and they have like a green screen like outfit on. <laughs> you look like if the green screen was black. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good description. <laughs> what you look like? Yeah, but you know, I just I just don't like leaving my house. I like getting up early, so going out, I can't do that. Yeah. But I will come if you guys have census fail perform. What? We've had Buddy DJ a bunch of times. Yeah, we have. He was actually the first guest DJ that we had. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did he reach out to you or did you guys reach out to him? Uh, he was at the first one. And then, we I don't know, we got connected after that. Oh, okay. Well, if, <laughs> well, it looks like I'm wrong. Well, we'll go back, we'll go back we'll go to back 2015. Yeah. <laughs> you can come out. You're truthfully in no position to make any sort of demands. You I should go because demand. it's an you amazing event. Yeah, you know what? I will demand, but also it's a request. <laughs> well, here's another thing too: is like we've kind of made a decision to never announce who's going to be there um, because we we want people to just come out for the party. You know, we don't want people to come out for a show. Um, the first year, first like one that we did at the Acoplex was month three. We had Mark Hoppus, and we announced it, and it was awesome because it it 
like expanded the the reach of the event yeah. and like so many kids came out but a lot of people just came out and didn't know what emo night was we didn't really know what it was but they came out expecting like a, a mark hoppus or a blink show and they like stood there with their arms crossed and you know what they got instead is mark djing the frozen soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> into lil john into taking back sunday proper it was amazing into uh, taylor swift <laughs> Are there any rules at Emo Night? Yeah, now we like to just ask people what they're going to DJ, like have a playlist ahead of time. Just to, Did we ask you for one? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just so we know what's up, you know, because we have been, we have seen some We've down been bamboozled and... before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah. but while I was there, you were playing High School Musical, Stick to the Status Quo. That was during a transition yeah, that of was, when we were like bit. setting up the, the drum set. Well, me you know, my night. Sometimes we do like, jokey stuff mm -hmm. we do a lot of stuff to make each other laugh yeah because like we're yeah. you know we're like working so hard to like make sure the event runs really really smooth that like anything from like tj to playing wind sounds like during a break like will make me laugh and like that's really w worth it like everybody's just waiting and then there's just wind yeah but like that stuff plays like whether high school oh, yeah. musical was a joke or not the yeah. audience loved it yeah but we couldn't have done that in the beginning yeah, yeah, because yeah. you were still getting to know everybody. Yeah. And now people kind of trust be, us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we kind of go outside of the norm. I think my highlight of, of last year was we we did this uh, show in New Orleans with From First to Last. Um, it was like their second uh -huh. reunion show ever. Their first one was at Emo Night in L.A. Um, but this past year we did one and, and Emo Night went on before From First to Last. And then I had to DJ between the changeover, but I wasn't on stage, so I was like back with my iPod and I was playing uh, rain sounds, like mixing in like train, like some airplane noises, like cats purring. Oh my was God. that the rain rain app? Yeah, the rain yeah. rain app. <laughs> Uncomfortable yeah, ambiance. Like, you can yeah. make yeah, you can make your you can like customize your own rain, <laughs> like anybody's ever wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, you like mix like, rain on a tent rain with rain a on a window. Louder. Oh yeah. Really gets you going. It's good, but yeah. But I looked over at TJ doing this, and I've never seen him so happy. He was just like mixing the cat in the rain. Yeah, I'm just laughing my yeah. ass off, like my business partner just putting rain on. <laughs> well, Skrillex, Skrillex is like Skrillex. setting up. <laughs> so like it's like that. Now you like you know it's like it's worth it. That makes it worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's moments like that that keep us going. You so know? when you guys say DJ, you're really just playing off your phone still sometimes? No, we no. use CDJs now. But um, we're professional now. Yeah. <laughs> you're real DJs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So instead of... It's taken us five years to learn the basics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really is very easy. Yeah, right? There's not a lot of mixing that goes on. We've That's never, what nobody actually never, tells you is yeah. that like DJs really just hit play and again i was well, so nervous leading into it well it's more about the feeling and understanding yeah. of what should come next mm -hmm. like and yeah well, also there's so That's many really things true. on cdjs that we don't use oh, i think you yeah you use the bare minimum yeah of like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah like i think people yeah. make their playlists like in their head and what they want they expect the room to be and yeah. really it is like you have to just read it and you have to be like re you have to like know the yeah, music yeah we used to and, make like, our playlists ahead of time and now we don't mm -hmm. we we absolutely just wing it but especially it ends like being when, fun. Yeah, I mean, when the three of us DJ together, we have done it for so long now that we kind of like know each other's moves and what each person's going to play next and like where we're going to go on the stage and stuff. It's, it's like kind of indescribable. But what what yeah. songs would you say are like really get the crowds going the most? Um, Panic, I write sins. Okay, uh, we open sugar, every night we're with going sugar. Down. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Uh, misery business. Mr. Brightside. Mr. Brightside. Shake It by Metro Station. Don't Trust Me. Downfall of Us All by Day to Remember. Some of the hits. Yeah. Blink, like, you know, What's My Age Again, Rock Show. Those always go off. Some 41, Fat Lip. Fat Lip. By the way, you didn't play any of these songs. Why not? Well, because I, you can't, there's a, there's a flow. You have an entire evening that you have to curate, mm -hmm. and you can't blow your load too quick, dude. This man knows it. Knows well, yeah, he's a professional DJ. Yeah, you well, just play the first three and then give everybody right, a finger walk off stage. <laughs> <go to bed. laughs> Done. And it's 845. I got my bedtime. I got to get out of here. Yeah, 45 yeah. minutes passed. The coolest feeling when uh, you guys allowed me to DJ was when I first started, my love and how I got here was I listened to radio obsessively, but then I started a party DJ company with my best friend. It was called Uber Tunes. And we would DJ all of like the middle school dances, all the graduation parties. Did you really? Yeah, all the Catholic schools in northern New Jersey. That's awesome. I Fun. lit that up. Oh, yeah. And 
that's what it brought me back to. And it goes back to like you you can go in thinking you're going to play 15 songs, but like the truth is you got to go with the room and it's about understanding the energy and like realizing and when you in this case like when you're up standing on top of the table up there, you can see the power of a song as it like literally sways the masses. Like mm-hmm. you can watch people change when a new song comes over them. Yeah. Amazing! It is really. We DJed really a incredible. wedding this year. Oh yeah. We DJed one of our uh, employees' weddings, and it was so fun. It was so fun. So we, we crushed it. it. It's the same thing. Whether you're DJing at Emo Night or a wedding or a bar mitzvah or a middle school dance, it's the same thing. It's all about reading the room and reading the crowd and picking the right songs. And that's the greatest skill I've gotten from. I've DJed so many middle school dances <laughs> and graduation parties, and like. I, it, like the the Catholic school graduation parties were the biggest ones because it was just a diverse crowd. But you really you get an understanding for the impact that music has on people when you see it so up close and personal. Mm-hmm. A lot of black eyed peas yeah. you were playing. Mr. Brightside goes off <laughs> at any event pee. though. Like Mr. Brightside will go off at any event. Well, that's like ever. one of the greatest songs ever. I, do you think the Killers know like the impact that that song has? They have to. Like, so, but do you think they mm, really know? It's like our imagine. How can you? How can you not know? <laughs> I don't know because I think when you create something, you're less aware of the impact than. Yeah, at first, but that song's been around for so long, and they yeah. know what they're doing. They have to know the impact of that song. Maybe I'll tweet at them and ask. You guys, yeah. At hey the guys, killers, do you, do you guys know how cool this is? <laughs> do you understand what you've done for music at large? Wait, do you? Are you from New Jersey? Yeah. Do you follow New Jersey's Twitter? Oh wait, yeah, whoever no. in charge of that no. is extremely funny, dude. Wait, what? I was in the airport yesterday, just laughing my ass off. Are you New from Jer- New Jersey? No, I'm from New York, but I was like, okay. New Jersey's Twitter is so funny. I'm gonna follow them. It's so good. Morgan I was like, loves New Jersey. He went. To New Jersey for Sopranos Con. I went to Sopranos we Con. <laughs> yeah, it we just, just happened, so happened to have yeah. emo night at Webster Hall the next day. Yeah, so he was like, "I'm going." I had to go. I can't miss the the best show in the entire world's uh, convention. Why am I just picturing you like in a sea of large Italian New Jersey people? That's like, exactly just... what it was. <laughs> scared. I was just scared. <laughs> I was just like walking around with your like pamphlet frightened. and yeah. a bag with the logo on it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Saw Paul, I was, please you sign this." <laughs> I, swear, I just got to get out of here. No, it was really it was like one of the coolest things in the entire world because it was all fan. It, like all the fans made it, and they did a really good job of curating, like getting the cast there and getting the like. Uh, they recreated some of the scenes within the convention. It really. That's cool. cool. For fans to do, like, I was incredibly impressed. And as, like, a person that puts on events, like, it's no small task for a fan to do something like that. Dude, where are you from, Babs? Hungary. Like, th- like, totally just from Hungary? Your family's in Hungary right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born there and everything, yeah. Speaks it. Yes. What do your parents think of emo music? <laughs> Have they been um, to an emo night? Well, my parents are the coolest people ever. And they were in experience like experimental bands growing up and even when I was a, a kid like they would tour around Europe and make really crazy amazing music um, so I grew up around music and they think it's the coolest thing my mom well they moved back to Hungary six years ago but uh, my mom came to an emo night like a couple years ago and she ended up like selling merch for us <laughs> she was also in an Uber and was explaining to the driver what she was going to and he's like ended his shift pulled over and came in with her <laughs> and my mom just walks in with this random guy she's like this is my uber driver <laughs> all right and uh yeah they ended up like running the merch booth that night again but emo was, night brings people together yeah it was really funny but it was so cute she was so cute who designs all the merch um we design a lot of it we work with different artists like we've done a little a lot of collabs with different brands it's kind of all over the place. But Morgan kind of spearheads all that. Yeah. I mean, I basically reach out to, like, either I do it or I reach out to artists that I really, really like. A lot of them have designed merch for, like, really, really, really large things. We just, like, they also like Emo Night and kind of keep it under wraps. So some of the, like, art that we have has been done by, like, some pretty, pretty like, well-known artists for some of the merch stuff. But usually it's just me reaching out being like, hey big fan i wouldn't know if you want to do this totally okay if you say off but you want to do this and usually like 99 percent of the time everybody's like this i would love to i've been waiting for somebody to ask me it evokes passion man it, it's really really cool like i mean 
it's that's another thing. That's another way, and like I've seen that it has affected everybody. Is like people that I never thought when I'd reach out to, like artists, like people I really, really, really respect. Because like I think being good at one thing is like really, really crazy. Like really good at one thing. I think I don't have that, so I think it is. It's really amazing. So these are people that I've reached out to that I really respect, and they're like, I've always heard about this. I really wanted to work with you. Like when I hear about that, it. You know, it just confirms that, like, you know, Dude, people all around the board. Yeah, it's mutual respect because yeah. you're doing something right. Yeah. Well, trying. <laughs> trying not to do anything wrong. We've also been able to do really cool things with our merch, um, collabs that kind of, you know, give back. Um, so last year we did one with Lights and Anthony Green and their kids designed the shirts. And we um, donated all the money to a immigration nonprofit. Oh, cool. um, but they were the cutest shirts, and like the kids kind of did videos explaining why they designed them, and it was the cutest thing ever. And Light. it's it's really fun to do stuff like that too. Yeah, it seems like the merch is doing well. I see people wearing it quite often now. Hell yeah, just I like love out and about. Love that for yeah, us. Yeah, we've we've tried to approach <laughs> the merch the same way as as the parties. You know, just like make stuff that we would want to wear, mm-hmm. um, not just like have it be an afterthought. And it's kind of grown into like a whole separate business. Again, nothing we planned. Mm-hmm. You know, and the cool thing about Humanite is like everything about it is really, really organic. Yeah, like what have you planned? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> people you- always ask us like, "What's the five-year plan? What's the future of it?" And we're like, "I don't. I have no idea." Babs had the analogy the other day of of it being the equivalent of like when when you graduate and everybody's like what's what are you gonna do next yeah like when you graduate (laughs) high school and all your parents friends are like well what's next then you're like i don't know i'm 17 (laughs) like i have no idea but um yeah every year i feel like we're, we're like ready for it to be over not that not in a bad way but i wouldn't be surprised if it ended you know and every year it just gets bigger and bigger so i don't know are you not surprised if it ended because you set no expectations? No expectations and also because it's lasted five years already and it's been the most amazing five years. So if tomorrow it ended, it'd be the greatest thing to look back on, you know, and everything ends. So it's inevitable, I think. Don't cry because it's over. <laughs> Smile because it happened. Exactly. <laughs> Is it profitable? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, yes, but I know I would assume they're making good money, but I didn't know if there's like a, the team has grown a lot and yeah, you it, ask it, the real hard hitting questions. Yeah, it's I want to know. It's able, it. you know, us to like have our lives and like pay rent and buy food and like hire to be able to make a comfortable living doing some anything in music, especially something that you're passionate about and that you put your heart and soul into is is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like I think about all the time like I went to I went to music school I went to Berkeley College of Music and I remember you know one of the things that they that uh, the teachers would always say is like the greatest feeling is like when you're doing your tax forms and you get to write musician you know like that's your primary source of income and like for some reason we have been able to do that like even though we don't technically play that's like still like what's classified on our IRS forms we write musician <laughs> and so i'm always like hell yeah we did it we're yeah, we're, it makes, we're making it makes me wonder when the IRS is going to come to us and be like you're not musician real yeah, musicians. <laughs> like what well you're DJing at Coachella so technically you're musicians and yes, so. te- yeah technically we're DJing yeah. <laughs> 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 like i guess it's like one of those things the IRS is like you really you guys Pressing play qualifies you as a DJ. I guess anybody. They send an IRS agent to just shadow you for the day? At, at, at Coachella? Yeah. Make sure that they're f- playing something. You know, you're talking about five years from now. You guys are like pretty low on that Coachella thing. Maybe five years from now, you'll be at the top and your name will be but big and bold. Headliners. Yeah, yeah, the headlining Coachella. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you get there? We're you higher up it. than I thought. Uh, you know? Yeah, we are <laughs> like, way we're higher like than I thought. Three or four lines up, and I was like, whoa. Yeah, Why? we thought we'd be like the last. Yeah, we I, we I was ready to put on the glasses and <laughs> <laughs> last one. <laughs> but but how do you get there? How do you grow this? Because you made it clear like you're not playing originals, right? You're playing other people's stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're going into Coachella. We can't just go up there and press play. So a lot of the meetings that we've been having this this year so far have just been like trying to figure out what we're going to do at Coachella, and we're trying to come up with some sort of like stage 
production performance that sort of encompasses everything that we've we've done with Emo Night. I know, you know, when you came to the five year, we transformed that place into a high school. Yeah. So we had a school bus in the parking lot. We had lockers. We had bleachers. We had cheerleaders. You know, we have a mascot now. We actually have like two mascots. We have all this like lore. We've built a whole universe. Um, you know, I think we're trying to do something on that stage that like takes all of that stuff and puts it into one story arc. Um, yeah, all while being like entertaining for an mm-hmm. audience that doesn't know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll know the songs. I mean, like, no, you know, they may not know us, but we want to make sure that it's like entertaining all the way through. And obviously, like, you know, we've been doing this for for five years. I don't think it would have lasted as long as it had if we had just kept pressing play on an iPad and like totally. calling it a day. Like, we've tried to get as creative with this as we possibly can. Every single month, we try and do something totally different. Whether it's like bringing in a marching band or you know, a mariachi band to play Blink-182 songs or hiring an airplane to fly over the line or yeah, we got a plane. sign spinners. It like, all costs money. It all costs money, but, like, it's all, plane like... Plane is much cheaper than I thought. It's part of, it's part of like, what makes our events special, I think, is, is just we try to consistently raise the bar for ourselves and for the audience, and they never know what's going to happen. And that's, like, why everybody's like, what do you guys see in, like, five years? It's like, well, we didn't see us playing Coachella five years ago. Or, like... Six months ago. Or, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't see us having, like, a merch line that is going to be in Zoomies, like, five years ago. You know, we just, none of that we saw. So it's, like, I think we just try and do the next right indicated step and, like, keep trying to do the right thing and work with the, like, nice and cool people. And I think that, you know, it'll work itself out. Maybe the worst business plan ever. (laughs) I don't think so. Or the best. Or the best. Could be the best. You know, you never know. I think in certain scenarios, like case scenarios, like that might be the best route here. And I think, you know, going back to the profitability of it, like the the making money on the events always sort of like takes a backseat to us. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that we don't make money and like live comfortably and and have a good life because of what we do. But, you know, there are so many times where we're like, yeah, we want to just buy that billboard for, for Coachella. like, Or we want to like hire somebody to choreograph a whole troop of cheerleaders and get them custom (laughs) uniforms and it's just like making those experiences is the first priority and then you know sometimes we walk away with no money like it's it's just a lot of times we spent we we lose money yeah we lose money Mm -hmm. totally but that's that's the sacrifice and that's what it means to own what you do every day totally every penny that comes in and comes out you have to account for and you need to make sure that it's every penny that goes out that's one less penny that's going to you yeah but, I mean, I think that's part of what makes the event successful, too, is because we, we didn't approach this as promoters. You know, we don't have other events going on. We don't have, like, a 80s night or a rap night or <laughs> anything like that because that's not, uh, you know, our, our passion. And when we approached Emo Night, it was because it was something that we were passionate about. We are passionate about this genre, about this event, and about creating these experiences. And so, yeah, I mean, I think when you approach anything with that sort of authenticity, people are going to be drawn to it. Who in the pop world needs to come to Emo Night? Um, does the 1975 count as pop at this point? Mm. Uh, or is it like Camilla pop? Cabello. <laughs> totally up for discussion. Camila would be cool. Camila, yeah. Who else? Her, her Instagram bio is professional emo person. Do you believe that as people who know the emo community better than anyone else? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Totally. Politician looking to get her on. <laughs> If we bring One Direction to you, oh would you come? Oh my God, I would pay <laughs> a million there? dollars. Okay, you like any just, of them or? Oh no, um, I, Harry, I would Harry. pay. I would give you every last dollar he I might. have. Okay, have you reached out to any of them? No. We need to. We I'm need a to. huge One D fan as well. I love them. Yeah, they're incredible. They're so good. So good. They're perfect. Hmm. So who do you want from One Direction to come to Emo Night? Um, I. I could I'm see not, Louie or Liam going. Yeah. Louis I'm not like it. the biggest One Direction fan. Oh. Don't I mean, worry. I know you love them. I love One Direction. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're phenomenal. So it's Senses Fail or Harry. <laughs> yeah, that's like my two. It's like Senses okay. Fail oh. and would, One Direction. You wouldn't show up for Louis Tomlinson? I'd go say hi to Louis. But, <laughs> wow. I mean, I'd go and <laughs> like say the, hi. <laughs> if it's like before nine. Guys, yeah. we all know what that you, Harry is on a whole different level than everybody. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we can't even argue that. I don't have time to have this debate with you again. Um, <laughs> now, I know we're way over, but... Okay. TJ, how does it feel to be in the vlog squad world? Um, you know, I'm pretty... I'm actually pretty removed from it. Like, 
I go to the office every single day and work on Emo Night and Ride or Cry, and I honestly, like, hang out with those people, like, I don't know, once every two months, three months. Those people. <laughs> the vlog squad. I mean, but your yeah, wedding but will be... Yeah. Vlogged for everybody to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. I love them. They're super fun. Yeah, now you're marrying into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Do they, like... Is there a hazing ritual that was involved? Is there... I don't know. Not yet. They we'll could see. haze you at any moment. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, the other night, David just showed up at my house. Like, I get a text like, hey, TJ, uh, we're going to scare Aaron, so just answer the door, okay? I'm like, okay. <laughs> but in that moment, do you have an obligation for the to the bit or to Aaron's safety? Um, you know, it's... <laughs> safety as that's ever. a good question. It's definitely... Um, the bit. That's probably the bit. Aaron's first. safety wow. has ever. Probably the bit. I know she's not going to get <laughs> he's hurt. Never like, he's never like. I will say that uh, the night he surprised us, he surprised me and Aaron with, with money for our wedding. Wow. And so I he was has at, to come. You can't not invite him. Yeah. Well, I was at emo night and I get a call. I'm like setting up. It's like 825. And Aaron's like, hey, can you come outside for a second? So I get in David's Tesla and he he, he hands me a check. I'm just like, what? He's like, I paying for your wedding craziest thing ever did he film it yeah but i wasn't in the video but he filmed aaron's first he surprised her separately and then he was like i want to go surprise tj so then we went he brought it to the echoplex um but then after that like i'm working i'm at emo night it's probably like 11 p.m and he texts me and he's like hey i need to do one more bit for this and i need to get into your house at like 3 a.m. with a stripper because <laughs> I'm going to like tie it in as Aaron's bachelorette party for the for the video and I was like well dude just gave me $50,000 so I can't <laughs> literally like have to so I get home from you and I at two in the morning and I just had to stay awake till three thirty, four o'clock to let him in Wow, and I, I was like, you know what? This is kind of a fair, fair trade. You know, he he did. He, he just, paid for your he wedding. Paid for our wedding, so he can kind of do whatever he wants. That's amazing. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question. Surely, do, do you ever like? You know, there are days where you're just like, I do not feel like talking to anybody. Story of my life. Yeah. Like, how do you? Put, like how every do you, day. How do you push through that? Like, when you have to go do something. Like, let's say. I mean, I know that you're very excited to talk to us, right? <laughs> but like, I know that. So, like, let's say you have somebody like you're not excited about or you're not or like you don't not not excited but you're like you're not in a a space to do it yeah in a space to do it like how do you push through that i try to honestly tap out of whatever it is that i'm going through and i leave it at the door and i realize that like interviewing anybody it doesn't matter who it is it's bigger than me it's not about me it's about them and it's about getting their story out there and i i really tries to rise to the responsibility of somebody who is like the eyes and ears and the mouthpiece essentially for somebody who's sitting on the other side of a speaker or a monitor or whatever. So I realize that there is deep value in any sort of conversation with anybody because you don't know where those conversations are going to go or who that person might become even the next day or a month from now. So honestly, it's more about like me trying to park my at the door yeah. and realize that like this is not about me. It's about the person who's sitting in front of me, number one. And then number two, it's about the person who gives a shit enough to watch it and to be interested by Babs. it. Babs, do you ever... <clears throat> and only Babs. <laughs> do you ever just, like, and then as soon as you dip out of here, do you go back to that same, like, headspace? Or usually does that clear you up? I, I honestly, I do forget about it for a little bit. Yeah. But I'd be lying to say that, like, I forget about it for a while because it does creep back yeah, in. Yeah, but yeah. you do ride a high, truthfully. Mm -hmm. And I think the high for me, like... In terms of like what you do, like whether that's like for you guys, it's getting out there and performing or it could be the rush of setting something up against the deadlines. Like, you know, there has to be highs within your job and universe like that really keep you going and are the reasons why you keep doing it. Um, I've th Those those highs have changed for me over the years, honestly, and I, they come less frequently now. Um, it's because, you know, when we... I, I get more of a rush when I do live radio as opposed to, like, interviewing somebody in a pre-tape fashion. It's really, like, I love when there's millions of people listening mm -hmm. because it's just added pressure. And you have to be great. Yeah, I mean, I was just, I was wondering just because, like, you know, there have been plenty of times where, like, we have to go on stage and we feel terrible. Like, we feel terrible, terrible, terrible. 
like we've been like traveling all day or like we ate something fucked up and like but we have to go out there and like do it you know we have to like go do our job and so i always wonder like other people that like work in entertainment if they have to like like actors or anything if they're like i just don't feel good today like how am i going to do this job where like i have to be like front facing so i'm always like super interested to like know what people in entertainment like have off days and how they get through that I wish I had more of a technique because if I think I had more of a routine around I think it, you have a pretty good technique. It's like understanding that it's not for you. That's it. It's yeah. just a big reminder. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with bad days, Dan? I, I just I am how I am. <laughs> the thing with Zach is Zach can fake and he'll sit there and talk to people and put on a happy face. I'll sit here and just you see blank you, stare. You get you see what you get. Yeah, yeah. Dan, I'm Dan, not here to the one dimensional man. <laughs> I'm not, not going to fake anything. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Solely one dimensional. Yeah. On that note. I love Dan. I know. Yeah. You should hang out. I'm, I'm a big fan now. Do you know he spent $3.71 oh on his energy bill last month? How? Well, By dressing like that inside. Yeah. <laughs> dressing like this inside and not using lights. He uses My his man. phone use in a cup. Uh, no. Use natural light. When that goes down, I go to bed. You know what you'd be really good at? <laughs> I'm not lying. You would be really good at being Amish. Well, I'm from Pennsylvania. There's Dude, a lot of Amish. I know. I was just back there. They really, you'd do great at it. I think I would be pretty good. Dude. A little horse and buggy. He has good grip. He can churn butter. <laughs> I love butter so much. You look like a butter guy. <laughs> <laughs> Emo night, everybody. Please <laughs> go to a show. You guys are amazing. Thanks, Thank dudes. You. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you. You, you are amazing. This podcast is part of the Zach Sang Show Podcast Network.